0: Hello everybody, my name is Robert Allen, your MTSA Mooting Officer. Now, one of the things you come to learn as Mooting Officer is not just how interesting moots are to compete in, but also all of the hard work that goes into preparing them, and all of those behind-the-scenes efforts which are put in by people who volunteer their time to make moots possible so that we can all learn what it's really like to be in court. And tonight I'm joined by one of those extremely hardworking people who has done so much for student mooting in recent years uh, all across the UK. I'm a little bit biased because I have certainly benefited, hugely benefited from all of his hard work uh, over the years, participating in a couple of his competitions. Uh, But it's John Dove, and it's my pleasure to introduce him as the the man who set up National Speed Mooting Competition. So John, thank you very much for joining me this evening.
1: You're welcome, and thank you very much for having me on. That was a, a very nice introduction, so I'm grateful for that.
0: I know, it's my pleasure. And, and perhaps, John, first of all, you'd just like to say a little bit uh, about yourself and your background in the law. Yes, so my
1: name is John Dove. Um, I currently practise as a Senior Crown Prosecutor with the CPS in Mersey, Cheshire. So I'm based in Liverpool. Um, prior to this, I worked as a Criminal Defence Practitioner before joining the CPS. And uh, after finishing law school, I spent some time doing personal injury. So I took the route of starting in PI and then moving my way into crime.
0: And of course, any free time that you might have had outside of your working hours, you sacrificed when you set up National Speed Moot. When did you you set up the Speed Moot?
1: Yes, so the Speed Moot was first set up in 2012. So I set it up with a friend of mine and we both sort of finished university around a similar time. And we talked about our experiences of mooting and looked at the positives of mooting, but some of the limitations with the current competitions. So we came up with an idea for a competition that maybe got around some of those limitations. So one of the first things that we noticed was with a lot of competitions, there's a lot of preparation that goes into it. So, you know, you'll get the papers a week before, you spend a lot of time researching, you spend a lot of time drafting, you exchange skeleton arguments, and then a week later you will draft. Now that's fantastic if you're going to be going to the Court of Appeal or the Supreme Court but the reality is if you're at university and you're going to be in practice in the next few years, it will be some time before you're involved in that sort of exercise. So we thought of something that would get around that problem and that would be more practical for students that would replicate life in practice in the early years. And one thing that you'll come to find as a junior practitioner is you'll often receive papers for court very last minute, sometimes the day before, sometimes even the morning of, um, and therefore you don't have that much preparation time at all. So we thought we'll come up with a competition whereby uh, participants receive the papers the night before. So they receive them at 5 p.m. ready to move the following morning. One of the other issues was um, a lot of competitions are based in pairs. So for example, you'll compete in a pair and you'll go through as a pair. Now, if you have a lot of friends that are interested in advocacy and mooting and you know people who are real quality advocates, well, that's great. It's plain sailing for you. If you don't and you can't handpick your partner, you're very much at the mercy of how good your partner is going to be. You could be a fantastic advocate, but you can be brought down by a, a slightly weaker partner. So what we thought was we'd have a competition whereby people compete as an individual and they're not reliant on that partner. Uh, So they'll compete as individuals in these competitions. And then the final point about um, external competitions is you are reliant on your university putting you forward. So there's only a limited number of spaces for teams from each university. If you don't make the cut, if you're not picked by whomever it is that picks the team for that university, well, unfortunately, you can't compete in an external competition. So rather than have universities pick the entrants, With our competition, we said that people will enter the competition independently. They'll represent themselves and they don't need to wait for somebody else to to nominate them or put them forward. They can simply enter the competition. So we had this idea for a competition whereby people will receive the papers the night before. All of the um, materials will be included within the bundle. So they receive the uh, skeleton arguments. They receive all of the case law. So there's no drafting and no research. It's pure advocacy. And they'll come along and they'll take part in this knockout competition, very fast and furious, five to seven minutes of submissions and uh, and, and go from there. And that was the idea for the first competition.
0: It all began from there. You're, you're making me chuckle a little bit when you're saying 5pm <laughs> the night before, because I, I remember from, from experience having done this, that I think I was up till about three, half past three in the morning, which isn't particularly... Uh, Recommended, but it's you do what you've got to do to prepare, and that is the life of the law that we're all getting into, isn't it? It's that,
1: that's what happens. The, yeah. the, there will be days when you will be up late, up early, preparing for court. You know, it doesn't happen often, you obviously couldn't live like that all the time, but from time to <laughs> time it does
0: happen. Um, so it just prepares you for that eventuality, yes, yes. No, that's that's fantastic. So, you have obviously had this annual competition running for a little while now, yes. COVID has thrown everything up into the air and it seems from all of the activities that we've been seeing recently that you have really taken advantage of the opportunities that COVID's presented for Mooting by moving a lot of what you do online. So perhaps you could talk a little bit more about all of the various online activities that you've currently got going on.
1: Absolutely. Well, it started in May of last year. So we'd been in lockdown for some time and didn't know when we were going to come out. So we're still mm-hmm. almost in that situation. Um, and I noticed that there was a real um, flavor or a real desire from um, students for something that they can do online. So we started with Q&A sessions. So I put a post out saying, do any practitioners want to uh, be involved in a and a session? Hoping to put one uh, in into place. Mm-hmm. The response that we received from the profession was fantastic so we ended up putting together four Q&A sessions initially. We had uh, one with barristers and pupils, uh, one with uh, solicitors and trainees, we had what we called an alternative pathways uh, Q&A session and that was people who've taken various routes into the law so not the traditional route and then finally an exclusively uh, pupil only panel and people were signing up for this in their droves. They had a real desire to take part in in an online event that we could run. And following on from a lot of people signing up for these online Q&A sessions, they said they were getting real value from practitioners getting real tips. But a lot of people said they wanted to moot. And I'd never really had the idea for putting mooting online, but because there was a real desire out there for people to take part in online moots, I came up with the idea to put on a smaller competition so we, I put together what I called the Winter Cup. So it's a much more condensed version of the national speed mooting competition. So normally with our national competitions, we would have 128 people take part in a single day event. And as you very well know, Robert, it is quite frenetic on the day. Uh, is, we turn is. up in the morning and we fill a lecture theatre with participants as I, as I do the draw. Um, so with this, I did it on a smaller scale. I had 32 people and I put on two dates thinking that there might be some interest. Very, very quickly, all places were snapped up. Now previously, I'd only allowed undergraduate and GDL students to take part in these competitions. And I had a number of um, postgraduate students. So that would be LPC, Masters and Barcore students saying that they wanted to take part. Um, so I put on a third competition for postgraduate students as well Uh, all people who've graduated from uh, postgraduate courses, uh, as well as that. And the way I ran the competition was I used the breakout room feature on Zoom. So we'd have in the morning, all of the judges and the the participants would be uh, in the main Zoom room. And for the knockout competition, I would set up uh, 16 breakout rooms and participants would go into these breakout rooms and move in front of the judges, come back. I would take a note of who's gone through and then we do the next round and the next round. So on each date, we went from 32 participants through to having a winner.
0: So John, you've run a number of mooting competitions. Are there any other sorts of competitions which you're currently running?
1: Yes. Yeah, so this year we've we've expanded from uh, only doing mooting. And uh, we've now run a and mitigation competition. And we're currently in the process of this uh, initial competition. So the way it's worked is we've had 108 competitors uh, take part in the competition and it's been spread over three dates. And what happens is the top 12, we have 36 people on each particular date and the top 12 from each date go through to the final. And the final of our current competition will be on the 27th of February. And similar to all competitions that we're running at the moment, this has been exclusively online on Zoom. Uh, And part of the reason for running this competition is similar to the reason that we set up the speed moot in the first place, which is it's very practical. And it's something that if you go into crime, particularly criminal defense, it's something that you find you will do quite regularly, whether you're a barrister or whether you are a solicitor. So it's a real uh, practical form of advocacy for people to practice, not very difficult for people to prepare for. And similar to all competitions, Uh, They're judged by practitioners. So those that enter the competition have a chance to receive some real feedback. Uh, And similar to the the speed moot, what we're finding is we've got people who have a lot of um, experience when it comes to advocacy that are entering the competition, but equally a lot of people that are new to advocacy and have never taken part in any competitions. And there are quite a few um, novice advocates, if I put it that way, who have progressed through to the final. So it really does show that similar to our speed moots it's anybody's competition
0: mm-hmm. and just on the on the judging point that one thing that struck me back last february um, is and obviously that was in person that was the, the last event that you were able to do in person before the pandemic mm-hmm. but too, the caliber of some of the judges that you're able to get along is fantastic too because it's a great opportunity to meet practitioners uh, through judging and what better way as a networking opportunity to actually form advocacy in front of them.
1: It certainly is. And that's one of the main features of these competitions. It's a great way for participants to network. So what we often find is that following on from competitions, um, those that enter will often link up either on Twitter or LinkedIn or things like that with the judges. They have the opportunity to chat informally with the judges and that really is helpful in terms of finding out about the profession entering the profession, what it's like on a day-to-day basis. Um, So people find real value from actually speaking to the judges. In terms of the judges that attend the competition, and they really do cover a broad spectrum of the profession. So we have very junior practitioners and they are able to give really practical advice on the initial years in practice, both in terms of the day-to-days of the job and also in terms of advocacy at that level. And also we have many senior members of the profession as well. So we have very senior barristers and solicitors. We have Queen's Council, we have judges that attend the competition and students find real value from speaking to these members of the profession.
0: So you've seen countless moots now doing all of this work and you've got some great experience with a public speaking background. What would you say if you could offer three words of wisdom, three tips for mooting for anybody who's looking to get involved, what would you say those are?
1: Okay, well, there's lots of tips that i give in relation to mooting, but if I'm going to be limited to three, I'd say first and foremost is make life easy for your judges. So give them a roadmap. They've already got a basic roadmap in terms of the skeleton argument, but as you give your submissions, you want to really guide them through it. So at the outset, say, these are going to be my points. Hmm. And then as you progress through your submissions, give them a signpost each time you move on to a new point. So it makes life nice and easy for the judges. Second point I would give in relation to mooting is think about the weaknesses in your case. Because when it comes to mooting, there's never going to be a perfect case. There's always going to be weaknesses in one side or the other. And you really need to think about those for a number of reasons. Firstly, is that your opponent is going to look to highlight the weaknesses in your case. You know, you're against each other. So you need to think about any potential weaknesses that they are going to expose so you can deal with that in your submissions. And secondly, that is going to form the basis of any questions from the judges in terms of judicial intervention. So if you've had a real good think beforehand when you're preparing your submissions, when you get those questions, you won't look like a rabbit in the headlights and you'll be ready for, for those questions and be able to give an intelligent answer. And then finally, I would say that you need to present with conviction. You know, at the end of the day, this is oral, this is public speaking, this is how you present your arguments. So what you need to do is ensure that you're speaking up, speak nice and slowly so you're not rushing and really present with an air of authority because you're looking to to convince the judges that your side is the correct side in law. So you really need to ensure that you do speak with authority to the judges.
0: Absolutely, absolutely agree with all of that. I think that's fantastic advice. So obviously there's learning by doing, which is what muting is all about, just getting in and having a go at it. But then there's also another opportunity online, which is actually practicing some of those techniques in a more focused way and having an advocacy education. Um, And it seems to me that's the gap which Advocacy Club has filled. So perhaps you'd like to tell everybody a little bit more who isn't familiar, what exactly is Advocacy Club?
1: Absolutely. So the Advocacy Club is slightly different to our competitions in that there isn't that competitive element there. So we have 10 sessions throughout the year, which is always the last Tuesday of the month with the exception of August and December. Now each session focuses on a different form of advocacy. So we have a number of sessions that focus on speed moving. We have a number that focus on general public speaking and presentation skills. We have a session on witness handling. We have a session based on player mitigations and also a few sessions on debating. Now as I say, the difference between the advocacy club and our our competitions is that this is not a competition. As you say, it's a chance to practice. And What happens is we'll send out all of the materials a week before the meeting. And so those who are members of the club have a week or so to prepare the materials. They'll then come along on the night. And what will happen is they get separated into breakout rooms with their peers and they have the opportunity to practice whatever form of advocacy that might be. So if it's mooting, they get the chance to practice mooting. If it's general presentations, they'll perform presentations in front of their peers. And what will happen is once uh, each member of a specific breakout room has performed, they will then provide feedback to each other. So it's very much peer-to-peer learning. And from the first session that we've held so far, the feedback has been very good. What um, what people have been saying and the general consensus is that um, because people are with their peers and not necessarily lecturers or practitioners, the pressure has really taken off. So people feel much more confident to come along and actually have a go. And because they're practicing with people who may be slightly more or slightly less experienced than them, they're finding real value and finding that they can improve their advocacy skills um, quite well within the club. Now, we also have a number of members that uh, may want to observe for the first few sessions, and we certainly had that at our first session. Uh, a number of members who came along simply to, to observe, watch what was going on, and try and absorb some of the information that was given some of the feedback, and uh, and people found that really valuable. Yeah. And then what I did at the end of the session was I provided some general feedback as well uh, and some of my thoughts on the specific type of advocacy um, that we covered in the session. And I think that people found that really helpful to hear a practitioner's uh, point of view on um, on the advocacy. So I think it really is a good environment, a low pressure friendly environment for people to practice and improve their advocacy. And it's open to people who've Never done any advocacy before. Never done any mooting. Never been involved in any competition. First time that they've done it. And equally, we have some very, very experienced people in the club as well. People who have gotten to the latter stages of the national speed mooting competition. So we really do have a, a mixed bag in terms of experience. And I think that that's one of the things that that makes the club so valuable.
0: It's definitely true. I mean. You know, I'm, I'm one of those people, as most of my peers watching this will be, um, who is doing advocacy training in an online world. Um, mm-hmm. I have a couple of sessions a week at the moment, practicing various skills, uh, and that's great. But I think for some people, being able to feel like there's other sessions, there's other opportunities there to just develop some of those broader skills of presentation, particularly when it's over online, which is still so alien to me and I think to a lot of people it's still such a strange dynamic to be to be doing things online um but just to have some more sessions to reinforce some of those skills is so beneficial um so as you say, there's there's a space for everybody from those who you know are are, are students just starting out to students on the bar course who are doing advocacy all the time but Mm -hmm. who want to polish up some of those skills
1: Absolutely. And that's the thing with this club. It's open to anyone in terms of what stage you're at at the, at the present moment. So we have law undergraduates, we have GDL students, we have postgraduate students. But also, we have postgraduates um, from the bar course and the LPC. And I think that that was quite fundamental because you'll find a lot of people who finish either their LPC or bar course and they're in the position whereby they might be working as a paralegal or as a county court advocate or whatever it might be, but they're filling the time between finishing the course and starting as a trainee or pupil. And it's very, very difficult to obtain legal advocacy experience in terms of mooting or competitions um, at that stage. So I thought that this fills the gap and it allows people to, uh, to continue to practice. And no matter what stage you're up to, advocacy very much is a perishable skill. The less you do it, the, the, the more out of practice you become, um, mm-hmm. if I can phrase it that way. Yeah. So it really is a skill that you need to be practicing all the time. And because our, our sessions are so frequent, you're regularly preparing for the for the club and then turning up at the club, practicing and receiving feedback. So it's not as if you'll have any stage whereby you're falling out of practice.
0: And in terms of the National Speed route itself, 2021... Yes. What are you looking at there? Is that... I mean, you know, we're all getting updated with news about lockdowns and, and things continuing. What are your plans for this year? Are you going to have to do it online or are you looking at the options right now?
1: I think so. So this year's competition will be online. I, I right. really can't see that there will be any opportunity for us to hold the competition in person. Now, normally the competition is held in either February or March. Um, due to everything that's going on in the world, things have been put, moved around. So, we're hoping to hold this competition late spring, early summer. We're hoping to confirm details shortly. And for the first time ever, postgraduates will be allowed into the national speed meeting competition. So, we're looking to hold two separate competitions this year for our flagship competition. There will be an undergraduate and GDL competition, and then there will be a postgraduate competition as well. The postgraduate competition will include um, essentially, anyone that's finished either their law degree or GDL. So if you're on the VAR course, if you're on the LPC, if you finish those courses uh, or even if you're on a master's, you're more than welcome to enter. So for the first time ever, there will be two separate um, classes within the national speed mooting competition.
0: Fantastic. I think uh, those will both be very popular competitions and hopefully, particularly with with middle Templars who are currently on the VAR course, uh, that postgraduate option is now a huge opportunity, which wasn't there previously, uh, yes. to be able to practise these skills because speed mooting is, is useful for everybody. You know, Whether you're an undergraduate who's starting out or whether you're on the bar, bar course, obviously we have different levels of experience, but I think all of us can benefit from doing these competitions. And it's a, a great one for the, the summer diary for 21.
1: Well, one of the things I like about the competition is the fact that it really is open to anybody. Mm. So we've held eight national speed mooting competitions now, and we've had a real mixed bag in terms of experienced people winning the competition and inexperienced people. Obviously, you're, you're the current champion, Robert, and I think that prior to entering this year's competition or the 2020 competition, you'd never taken part in a moot before. No, and I, I barely knew
0: what one was. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and it really shows that it's one of those competitions whereby because all of the material is provided to you, all you need to do is have a look through it, read it, prepare your argument, and then you can attend the next day. And you know, in terms of the the real mixed bag of experience, it shows because in 2019, Arya Tabrizi, who won, was yeah. very, very experienced. Yeah. You know, he's taken part in a lot of reputable national competitions. So it just shows how anybody can win this competition mm. due to its format.
0: Truly, truly an open contest. So- mm. We've got national speed mooting competition, we've got advocacy club, we've got QA sessions, there's interesting content you're putting out all the time. For anybody not familiar right now, where can they find your content online?
1: So our website is speedmooting.com. We're on all of the social media platforms. So that will be LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter. Our handle is generally at speedmooting. And what we find is that all of our events are generally very popular and tend to fill up quite quickly. So if you want to be notified about any of our future events or our competitions, um, if you go onto the contact page on our website, you can join our mailing list. And as soon as we launch any events or competitions, you will be notified.
0: Fantastic. And I will make sure that all of that information goes down in the area below this, this channel Whatever happens down there, there will be tags and there will be information about speed meetings So you'll be able to see the website, see the social media, and do have a look for yourselves because it is so fantastic, all of this content. And John, once again, just thank you so much from a personal point of view, but also for all students for actually being one of those people who works so hard to get content out there in your own free time doing all of this. It's just fantastic. And the difference that you're making is really huge to to so many of us and being able to introduce us to to Mushi.
1: Well, thank you very much. Uh, It really is a pleasure to hear such great comments about the the competition uh, and all of the the content that we put out there. And to know that I really am helping people um, progress with their careers.
0: You definitely are, No, Thank you. And uh, I'm sure everyone from Middle Temple will enjoy looking at your content and, of course, getting signed up, not only for Advocacy Club, but also for the 2021 moot. Whether you're postgraduate, undergraduate, it's worth having a go and you never know what might happen. It uh, it can really change things and uh, I speak from personal experience, it is a, a fantastic thing to do. Uh, so thank you so much John and all the best with all of your future work. Thank you very much.